This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A shocking two-thirds of U.S. school children are not getting proper instruction in how to read. The result? They're unable to read at grade level. An expert shares common barriers to quality instruction and how teachers and parents can take action. 67% of our fourth graders are reading below grade level, so it's absolutely imperative that you get your hands on some of this information yourself so that you can be empowered to help your child. Then, would you like to have more friends? Making new friends doesn't need to be as challenging as you may think. I wanted to encourage people to look around and see all that they have, even though it might not look like the movies, that friendships might not look like what you expect. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Recent national report card data shows that in the United States, 67% of children are not getting proper instruction in how to read. Our next guest can explain the barriers to successful reading instruction. We welcome Malia Hollowell to the show, author of The Science of Reading in Action, Brain-Friendly Strategies Every Teacher Needs to Know. Malia, one of the chapters in your book is titled, How Brains Really Learn to Read. Very interesting question. Can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. I started teaching back in 2003, and at the time I was a second grade teacher, and I was shocked to discover that most of my second graders were still struggling to read. In my brain, I thought they've gone through kindergarten, they've gone through first grade, and they must naturally be able to read at this point, but that just was not the case. And the problem was that I had earned my elementary education degree, but my teacher training program had given me just one class in reading instruction. And it basically boiled down to get good books in kids' hands and they will be able to connect all of the dots on their own. My teaching manuals weren't much help either. They essentially just gave kids a lot of stories to read out loud. The thought was that they would be able to figure it out. And my students, of course, continued to struggle. So what I have discovered is that we have seven decades of research showing us how brains learn how to read. And all we have to do in order to get better results is look at the research, follow the data, and use brain-friendly strategies that work for kids. So can you tell us a little bit about these functions of the brain that allow us to learn to read? Absolutely. What's interesting to me is that a lot of our brain networking is connected to spoken language. So when we are reading, I used to picture that our brain was using a lot of visual memory. We were looking at a word like the word can, and our brain had stored that word can in a visual memory bank, a library of all of these different words that we've seen before. But what the research actually shows us is that's just not true. If we were storing words based on how they looked, we would have to have a million different versions of that word can stored in our brain. We'd have to have a version that had lowercase letters and cursive and just all the millions of variations we could have. Instead, what our brain does is it connects the spelling of a word, the pronunciation of the word, and the meaning of the word in a nice little file folder 
that we can then store in an area of our brain called our orthographic lexicon. And so we're, as teachers, responsible for helping students be able to learn the spelling of words, learn what those spellings actually sound like when we read them out loud, and then, of course, be able to match those words to their meaning. Our guest is Malia Hollowell, author of The Science of Reading in Action. Malia, how big a factor are phonics in learning to read? Is that a good path to follow for kids to learn to read? Absolutely, yes. What the research shows us is that teaching students to read is a lot like mixing up a cake. We have two primary ingredients that we need to put in this mix. Number one, we need to teach kids word reading skills, and phonics is an important part of that. It's not all of it, but it's an important part. So students need to be able to see a written letter, like the letter C, and know what sound that letter makes, and that's phonics. We also know that students need something called phonological awareness, which is being able to hear the sounds in words. So in that example, that word example I gave you before with the word can, we need them to hear all three sounds in that word, a-n. And the last part, of course, is being able to match that spelling to the pronunciation, to the meaning, just like I was talking about before. So all of those pieces fit in the word reading bucket. And then the second thing that we need to add to this cake called reading is language comprehension. So when students are actually reading the words, they need to understand what those words mean. If they're just reading words and not following along with the story, there's really no point in reading. So we also need to build students' language comprehension, um, and there are a variety of different ways to do that, but it's an important component. What suggestions would you have for parents to get their kids a little faster reading skills? For parents, my recommendation is actually exactly the same as it is for teachers. Number one, find out about the research. And I know that thinking of diving into reading research can sound boring and complicated, but it doesn't have to be. The more you know, the more empowered you're going to be to be able to help your child learn to read. And unfortunately, the reality is that right now in classrooms across the country, as you pointed out at the beginning, 67% of our fourth graders are reading below grade level. So unless your school or your district is forward thinking and is already diving into the research, there's a good likelihood that your child is not getting brain-friendly instruction in their classroom. And so it's absolutely imperative that you roll up your sleeves and get your hands on some of this information yourself so that you can be empowered to help your child. Is there a uh, factor in all this with bilingual students or students who perhaps, you know, grew up with a non-English language in their family? Absolutely. We have so many students who are coming into our classrooms now who have a different primary language, first language, than English. And what the research is showing us is that those students have a different library of sounds in their brains. Every language has certain sounds that make up that language and that we use to speak that language. And so as teachers, it's important for us to recognize that English has its own set of sounds and a great first step for us is to help teach those sounds to students, which might sound counterintuitive to focus on the sounds rather than diving right into reading. But what we know is that our brains have to be able to hear those unique sounds in English before students will then be able to connect those sounds to the letters that are used to spell them. And of course, as we know, that's really the key to unlocking a lot of reading progress. As I think back on when I was learning to read as a child, 
One of the things that I really enjoyed were adventure stories. It just drew me in. But you're saying stories are not really that important in the scope of different ways of learning to read. I would put it a little differently. One of the things that we have found is that for decades, what teachers were doing is finding a story that a child was motivated by or interested in. So this adventure story that you mentioned is such a great one because there are so many students who would still be really excited about adventure stories. And that's certainly important to be interested in what you're reading. But if you do not have the skills you need to read the words on that page, you're not going to be able to enjoy the book. You're not going to be able to even read the book. So it's also important that we make sure that that adventure story is using spelling patterns that you have already learned, word structures that you have already been taught. So you have to As a teacher, you have to be mindful of the books that you're putting in your kids' hands and making sure that you have already pre-taught the skills that they need in order to be able to read that book successfully. The Science of Reading in Action, Brain-Friendly Strategies Every Teacher Needs to Know, and the author, Malia Hollowell. Malia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Next, how to create more friendships in your life. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 